What's up, film fans, and welcome to another episode of What the Flick, the podcast where we rewrite movies we haven't seen based only on the poster. We are your poster boys. I'm Matt. And I'm Mac. And today we're figuring out just what the hell happens in Rhinestone. What the flick, what the flick, we don't know what a movie is. Gonna tell you what we think it's about with the help of the poster, we figure it out. What the flick, what the flick, gonna write a film that already exists, we'll be doing it better because we're so cool and back to two years left in school. What the flick, what the flick, we're never gonna watch that shit. Got better writers than Steven Spielberg, film directors are all dumb nerds. What the flick, what the flick? That's the name of the podcast. It's almost time to make some noise. It's time for the poster boys. So what the flick? Just a rhinestone cowboy. That's got inside something on the radio. I God, we're gonna get we're gonna get DMCA'd for this. Yeah. At perfect recreation. Yeah, right, I was going to ask you this before, and I cut myself off because I said we have to save this for the podcast. But have you ever heard of this film before? Oh no, no, not even slightly. No, right. Which is weird because it stars <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, Hollywood A-lister well, Sylvester Stallone. Well, what I was going to say is, if I said to you, "Hey, Matt, you've seen that comedy film with, with Dolly Parton and with Sylvester Dolly Parton Stallone. and Sylvester Stallone," you'd think that I would say yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that seems like something everyone should have seen, right? Yeah. So why, that's why I panically, just before I'd Google this film out of fear. That just we, to make sure yeah, that it was real. Because I was like, either what has happened is this is a fake film or it's shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. There can't be anything in between because why else would everyone not be talking about Rhinestone all the time? No, exactly. It's written by Sylvester Stallone and it's the scores by Dolly Parton. Yeah. And famously, Based on the song, Rhinestone Cowboy. Oh, I didn't even read that bit of it. I was just thinking Rhinestone Cowboy, because that's all I could think of. They've really, like, expanded a lot, because that song's not film length. <laughs> it, no, it's not. <laughs> They've really added a lot of their own stuff to it. Mind you, I don't know. Maybe the content of it is film length. Oh, maybe. I don't know. You know? Because I could say, like, two little guys have to chuck a ring into a volcano <laughs> when that's not a film length sentence no, but i guess that's true it is the summary of three whole movies yeah i guess that's true millionaire goes mad dresses as animal yeah that's a summary <laughs> of most movies now i think of, yeah of almost every single movie yeah <laughs> and this is the future that liberals want this is the gay agenda up yours woke moralists <laughs> <laughs> all right should we describe Quite. this fucking cooked poster yeah 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 uh do you want to do it or shall i and let's let's go on tandem, tandem right but i'm gonna start with the main thing very young sylvester stallone very young sylvester stallone. can i bit only have been like just off rocky yeah it has to be rocky era at least right like, yeah but it appears to be arm wrestling dolly parton yeah 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 and dolly parton is staring right at uh, Sylvester's looking like real happy and he is looking off the distance like he's confused by what's happening. He's doing like a sort of Tim the Toolman Taylor. Like <laughs> yeah. that. I think the camera. There's a there's a, a night a night sky in the background and I think it's New York. I can only assume it's New York, right? Uh so the two picture uh, the picture of them, the two of them in front of the city, at the bottom of it has a banner across the, like to to cut off the picture, which is the famous yellow and black checks. Of a taxi cab. Yes. And then just below it, there is a taxi cab where one half of it looks like it's been hit by another car or has been in an accident. Also, crucially, his t-shirt also has yellow and black checks on it, which make, as I pointed out to you before we started recording, makes it look like he's a big fan of taxis. He's like a he, big taxi fan. Yeah. yeah. Like he's got he follows him around. He's like, you know, like how some people are train spotters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sylvester Stallone is like the Francis Bourgeois of <laughs> taxis. Of New York cabs. Yeah. Says him standing also, on Brooklyn Bridge with a pair of binoculars, looks out. Yeah, them. just laughing at all the taxis. It's good. They're all giving him honks. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's very much like penis hair era Stallone. Oh yeah, yeah. That's important to know. And obviously, Dolly Parton has the big hair. There's a lot of ha- there's this poster is a, a, approximately forty percent hair. And Matt, we often point out in old films the taglines are very bad. Could you read the what is a frankly ludicrously long tagline of this film? Yeah, for sure. I'm just going to take the biggest breath. Yeah. She bet everything, and we mean everything, that she can turn this New York cabbie into an overnight sensation. He has other things in mind, but he's never had a trainer like this one. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> right, what the fuck do you reckon this film's about then? Let's get a basic plot. Well, I would from- say 
that Dolly Parton has bet everything, and I mean everything, <laughs> that she can turn Sylvester Stallone into an overnight sensation. But he's got other things in mind. Right. Well, we know it's a, 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 it says there there's a whole soundtrack to it and stuff, right? So it's going to be a very music-heavy film. So do you um, reckon... I'm just going to look up the lyrics to Rhinestone Cowboy real quick. So Okay, so this is... The Rhinestone Cowboy does not have a lot of plot in it. I'll say that much. Basically, Glenn Campbell, who's the singer of Rhinestone Cowboy, has been... He's, a down, he's down on his luck. He's, you know, walking the streets of Broadway. He says, nice guys get washed away like snow in the rain. Right, so he's a nice guy and he's, down, and he's not getting any luck. But he's not giving up on his dream. He says, there's been a load of compromising on the road to my horizon but I'm going to be where the lights are shining on me like a rhinestone cowboy. Mm-hmm. So the, essentially what rhinestone cowboy is, it's just, it's, it's, it's a guy with his head, with his feet in the gutter and his head in the, in the, in the stars, you know? Yeah, I get you. And he's not made it, but he's never given up on his dreams. And I, so I guess when they say based on the song rhinestone cowboy, what they mean is it's a story about a guy who's down on his luck and then becomes famous. <laughs> oh yes. Perfect. Right. So, what if it's- this is Sliced Alone, <laughs> the taxi driver who dreams of writing a taxi-based musical and going on Broadway, but Dolly Parton insists he become the best boxer? <laughs> that's why she's forced him to do armrest? Yeah, that's great. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Sylvester Sloan is in a film where he becomes the arm wrestling world champion. Oh, really? And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's called Over the Top, and it's like an action film where he only arm wrestles. <laughs> okay, so yeah. So maybe Dolly Parton is like an ex-arm, you know, an ex-arm wrestling champion who's, you know, who gets into Sly Stallone's taxi one day, but looks exactly like Dolly Parton. And he's like, oh my God, Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> All of it, one of it is just... She's like, like, no, I'm not Dolly Parton. I'm... Mm, Polly Darton. Well, I was going to say, one of it is just... Do- Arm wrestling champion. One of it is just Dolly Parton's twin sister. And he's like, if I go along with this plan, maybe she'll introduce me to Dolly Parton and I can make my country musical. Oh, that's very good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or it's like you know, like a Prince and the Pauper situation where she knows she looks like Dolly Parton, so she's using it to her advantage. because so She's like- using, yeah, to, to get Sliced Lines big muscles into arm wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, oh yeah, all the big Broadway producers, they all love arm wrestling. <laughs> You'd not believe the amount of times I've wrestled. Fuck, I've already forgotten his name. Andrew. Um, uh, Lloyd Webber. Yeah, that was very funny. I was like, Andrew Taylor Webb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can see where you were yeah. going with that. You not believe the amount of times I've arm wrestled Andrew Taylor Webb. <laughs> God, can you imagine like a... Uh, uh, like a, a, a Dragon Ball fusion of Anya Taylor-Joy and, and Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> what an awful creature that would be. Yeah, I think that's good. Huge Eyes Lloyd Webber. <laughs> yeah, that's his, that would be his full name. <laughs> Huge Eyes Lloyd Webber. Yeah, so we'll have Andrew Lloyd Webber in it. All right. Playing famous character Andrew Taylor-Webb. Playing Dolly Parton. <laughs> All right, start of the film. Polly gets into his taxi, right? I think we have to have, because here's the thing. When you set a film in New York, Mac. New York has to be a character. (laughs) It's that New York really is a character in its own right, actually, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The city really is its own main character. Are you suggesting that what I'm thinking is that we start every scene with No Sleep Till Brooklyn by the Beastie Boys? (laughs) Yes. But I'm also suggesting that we have to start with, like, aerial shots of the city. You see the Empire State Building. You see Central Poik. And you see, you know, sort of the the ranks of taxis going down Broadway. And we have a narration, maybe. Oh, who's got the most New York accent you can imagine? I mean, it was James Gandolfini. I was going to say Bob Hoskins in the Mario film. Bob Hoskins, (laughs) yeah. Bob Hoskins plays New York. (laughs) (laughs) doing the narration in this movie he keeps going i'm mario mario i'm in new york yeah and at the, at the end like the end scene is like he's you know he's doing the ending narration he's like and who am i well i've been around you this whole time yeah. and the camera pans the empire state building's just got bob hoskins face on it and he just winks at you <laughs> 
Uh, and as he winks, like, you know, stars come out of yeah. his eyes and, like, into the screen, and that's the end. Yeah, I have the, a good line of him being like, so I guess this is a good chance for, I don't know what Sylvester, I guess he's just Sylvester, this is the best chance Sylvester's gotta be famous. We gotta get the, we gotta get the word out this. You know what they say, kids? Start spreading the news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, it's good stuff. Yeah. All right. Love the end of the film sorted. Let's get to the rest of <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like, you know, we've done the hard work yeah. now. All right. So we have our opening shot. Yeah. Bob Hoskins is like, yeah, New, uh, New York. I can't remember what Bob Hoskins <laughs> yeah. sounds like. The Big Apple. So well, I'm just going to do a henchman Bob Hoskins voice. is famously British, right? That's just the fact that in Super Mario, he's got a big New York accent. That's why. Yeah. I so it. he could do henchman yeah. voice. Or like, a, hey, I'm walking here. I will do it like that. Yeah. New York. The <laughs> Big Apple. Right? Uh, Pay $5 for a 30 cent dog. <laughs> if you got a dream in your pocket. Oh, now I'm going a bit Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> if you got a dream in your pocket. Lady if Luck's you, if, always if it, showing it. <laughs> showing exactly. It. If you got if you if you got if you got a dollars in your eyes and a dream in your pocket, you come here yeah. to Broadway, <laughs> and this is where we meet our hero Sylvester Stallone, who we're gonna call. Uh, well, if the other character is called pa- Polly Darton, we should just swap his names as well, right? So he's called. That's S- true. So Stalaster. he's called Sylvester <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Um, what was I gonna? What was I gonna say? Um, Maybe we just call him Vester the whole time. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Or, or Cab T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> One of his names, Cabd. 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 And his last name's Ri- And his last name's Driver. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's great. Cab Driver <laughs> is, arrives in the in, uh, our hero. Cab driver, cab driver. Maybe it's like no, I'm Irish. He's like you know, like a, a a child of like European immigrant immigration. His dad's like Serbian and stuff like that. But it's it's like K A B apostrophe D is his name, mm. and his last name is actually like R R I V A. Like it's just Riva. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good. Yeah, they're like from like Yugoslavia. <laughs> yeah, so cab dri- cab driver arrives in New York. Yeah. Um. Bob Hoskins tells us about, you know, his dreams. Uh, um, or maybe you just he introduces him as a character. And, and it, you know, the camera's like, it's doing those aerial shots, right? We're yeah. establishing New York as the main character because New York really is a character in all the movies it's yeah. in. And we, it zooms in onto one taxi cab, right? Mm-hmm. And it does that cool little trick where it zooms in on one taxi cab and then it, the camera goes through the roof yeah, yeah, of yeah. the taxi cab and close on Sliced Alone, who's chatting with... You know, like a really sort of typical like theatre guy. Maybe it's Martin oh. Short, who's oh, yeah. in like big flowy scarves and like a big coat, mm. uh, and he's eating a bagel and drinking a coffee. Yeah, because he's from New York, I... and he's like, I just picked these up at the bodega, which <laughs> yeah. is definitely different to a corner shop, and you can't get them anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm and no one who's not from New York would ever understand, ever. Yeah. That's what he says. And Sly Sloan's like, you're right, I've only been here five minutes and I already respect the bodega culture. He's like, I'm having a dollar slice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a coffee, a bagel, and everything bagel and a pizza just yeah. like in his mouth. And like a huge hoagie that's dripping everywhere. Like it's dripping like an uncomfortable amount. Like he's wearing like, like cream trousers. There's just a big brown stain on the front of them. But it's, it is just grease from his sandwich. He's not even eating. He's like, I'm not even yeah. going to eat this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Sly Stallone's talking about, you know, where he's come from. Somebody cuts him off in traffic and he yells out the window, Hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> and Martin Short chuckles and he's like, Ah, you'll fit in in no time, kid. <laughs> that doesn't really, that's not, do you want it to fight? So <laughs> like, that, that'll be all right. Yeah. Um, and so he's telling him about his dreams and he's like, Okay, well, this is my stop. And that's, you know, Martin Shaw just leaves, right? right. That's his. Well, I was going to say, what of this, while that's happening, it's intercut with Polly Darton doing some petty crime, right? But she's like... That's good. But yeah. she's robbing someone somewhere in, like, uh, Broadway, like that kind of area. And the police are on her, and she's doing that thing, you know, where you're just moving between Maybe the she robs Martin Short. Well, what I was maybe gonna, that's the connection. Well, what I was going to say is what what if it's just like she's like doing a thing where you move through the crowd in such a way that it makes the place hard for them to know where it is. And literally, as Martin Short gets out of the cab, 
she just gets straight in and takes his exactly. big sandwich. And that's how they they meet. But they, you can intercut the shots of her, like, you know, doing a little petty, like, oh, I'm taking your watch and things like that. While mm, it just cuts yeah, back yeah, to Martin yeah, yeah, Short yeah. just being like, here's some more stereotypes about New York, which are true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shaking rats out of his coat sleeve. <laughs> If you ever need me, here's my card. And as he goes and left his car, there's just like pigeons in his pockets. Just fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it would be funny if there was not for like eight years if what this film is happening uh, at the same time as Home Alone 2. Just occasionally you could see a little boy in the background avoiding Joe Pesci. <laughs> you <and> just see <laughs> <laughs> Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, and whoever the other one is run yeah. past. The Isn't big- that Bob? Is that Bob Hoskins as well? No, that's not Bob. I, oh, no, me. Bob Hoskins is in... Bob he's Hoskins the henchman. Is, is he the henchman in 101 Dalmatians? I don't know, but Bob Hoskins... It's Daniel Stern plays Marv. Uh, Every single Home Alone style, two henchmen, one dumb, one smart, one tall, one fat. Yeah. Like, that's just the trope. All of them blend together to me. Yeah, absolutely. Although Home Alone 2 does famously have Tim Curry, who we should try to fit into this It does. One. We should put Tim Curry in here somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe one of the thing is that part of, part of the plot of this is that um, uh, maybe Cab Driver has accepted his life as a taxi man, even though he wants to be a big music star or something. Yeah. Right? And, you know- but then maybe his apartment burns down and Polly Darton's like, oh, don't worry, I'll put you up in a hotel. And they put him up at that hotel where Tim Curry's the manager. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what we could do, of course? What, because don't. I know, you know, we always are... Uh, a criticism that could be made of our movie plots is that they are... They have 20 A-list actors in very <laughs> bit parts, yeah. right? But you know who gets away with that shit? Hey, The Muppets. <laughs> oh, that is true. If every film we made was a Muppet movie, we could put whoever we wanted wherever we want. Yeah, and they do good. it for scale. Yeah. I guess give cameos from people all the time. If just what if what if the car, the cab, is a big Hanson Muppet? Oh, that's good. Um, I don't know. Maybe just at some point Kermit's in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we just give Kermit's like the big producer. Kermit plays Andrew Lloyd Webber. What if just at the end. what if just at one point when he goes to, he pulls up to pick people up, it's just Animal and Gonzo. Uh, it's like them with the cameras off and they're just swearing constantly because they're sick of people bothering them. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Animals voiced also by Bob Hoskins, but in his British voice. Yeah, so we'll throw a, we'll throw a, a Mupp- some Muppets in there somewhere so that we yeah. can get the big celebrity names. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, yes, we, we see Polly Darton is moving through the crowd. She's like, she's taking watches, she's swiping wallets. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, somebody, as she walks past, somebody goes, and have you heard about these rents? <laughs> uh, and somebody else goes, the public transport is bad. And then um, somebody goes, I've been on the subway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and as like she bends that, she sees like a, a purse on the ground, right? Like a handbag. And at this point, she's wearing like seven watches. She's yeah. got like, Four different hats on, you know, and she picks up the thing and bam, she bumps into like a policeman yeah. um, who's dressed as like a 1940s British Bobby. Well, what's all you said, eh? <laughs> yeah. She, well, what's all this then? And she's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And off she goes, like do- dodging and weaving through, fuck, what's it called? Times Square. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Dogging and weaving through Times Square. You see the Coca-Cola out and we get all the product placements in there to get enough money to pay for all of our big celebrity cameos. Yeah. Uh, in this one scene. And she goes from Times Square right out onto Broadway, which I'm pretty sure is not how it works, but it is in this movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, and as she passes... Yeah, she knocks Martin short like his coffee goes all over him and she takes that distraction to like grab his pizza and his bagel (laughs) and gets into Sly Stallone's cabin. She's like, drive, sugar. And Sly Stallone drives off and the cops are frustrated and Martin Short has got coffee all over him. I think that's good. Then you could have like, it keeps cutting to Sylvester Stallone's face of him looking in the rearview mirror where he clearly thinks it's Dolly Parton. Yeah. And then he he sees all her watches, etc. And he's like, whoa. Those country albums must be pretty better than you pay for all them watches, Miss Pop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, what? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty cool being D- Dolly Parton. And he's like, I always wanted to be a country music singer, but a lot of money, you know? <laughs> 
And then she gets the idea in her head. She's like, oh, he could give me all the money to, you know, for the recording studio, the recording fees, etc. I could really play this guy along. He doesn't know how New York works like me, Dolly Parton, famous New York. Yeah, exactly. He's a he's a, a rube from the country, that country being Serbia. <laughs> <laughs> I am streetwise. I'm famous New Yorker, Polly Darton. <laughs> yeah, streetwise lifelong new yorker from the brooklyn or whatever from the from the bronx i like yeah. that at some point he's like what are you doing in new york mr pot she's like what are you talking about sugar i'm from the bronx he's <laughs> like oh i, I, guess don't, I, I don't think that's true he's <laughs> like i guess i haven't learned the accent yet <laughs> <laughs> but yeah maybe she's like if i get the money for him just a recording that's one and done but i could string him along for like a year because of how long it takes to record albums and stuff right well except that she wants she, she wants to get him into illegal underground arm wrestling matches <laughs> oh yes that's true yeah um <laughs> all right well, maybe she's like well, I can't afford it either, sugar. Oh, it's like, it's not about money, sugar, you see. You got to earn respect with the people in the recording studio. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, my, I'm, I'm Polly, I'm uh, Polly Darton. Shit, Dolly Parton, sorry. Yeah. And my, my, you know, uh, I'm pretty famous in some circles, but in, in Broadway, you know, that's its own thing. Yeah. And I don't have a nearly enough floaty scarves and big coats <laughs> to make it in Broadway. We're going to have to do some legwork. And that means doing arm wrestling matches for some reason and he's like arm wrestling what do you mean <laughs> she's like eh, yeah maybe don't... she leans forward and she's like i don't have any money but here have this like she leans forward to pay him yeah you know they've had quite a fun conversation and she's yeah. been like this guy's a bit of an idiot yeah. but ultimately harmless and he's not gonna tell on me and so she leans forward at the end of the ride she leans forward and she's like i don't have any money on me right now sugar but here have one of my watches Right, you can yeah. pawn this off. You can pay for it, and you can tell him it's Dolly Parton's watch, and maybe you'll get a little bit extra oh, for well, it. Like, what if he looks and she up, sees his arms on the wheel, and she's like, "Holy shit, you you're a jack motherfucker!" <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, I, "I grew up holding hay bales on the on the farm. I can't do Sylvester yeah. Stallone's accent." And she's like, "I can." And then that's when she has the idea. Oh, I could use him. And she's like, "You ever do arm wrestling, sugar?" Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I was going to say, I like the idea of him just being like, oh, I don't know, don't know if I want to be partaking it. And she looks at the watch, and one of the watches she's stolen is Johnny Cash's watch. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and it's like engraved on it. He's like, Johnny Cash's watch. Well, I'll fucking do it for Johnny Cash. <laughs> and she's like, you never seen Johnny Cash or Hank Williams' arms? They're big motherfuckers. He's <laughs> like, oh, I never noticed before. He's like, oh, they all arm wrestle, sugar. You gotta be an arm wrestler. You wanna be a All of star. the big Broadway guys like Johnny Cash <laughs> well, I was do country, arm wrestling. I, I was doing country music, but I forgot. It's Broadway. I'm mixing the two up. <laughs> you ever seen Lin-Well Miranda's arms? <laughs> yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda, huge arm wrestling guy. Yeah. Angelo Weber, uh, Idina Menzel, all huge arm wrestling guys. Those and he's cunts like, from South Park, they're jacked. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, I didn't know anything about this. Thank you for telling me, Dolly Parton. Man, it sure is good that I ran into you here on my second day as a cabbie in New York. Uh, I'm walking here. Um, and, and other such expressions. Yeah. Forget about it, Gabagool. Go Yankees. <laughs> Go Yankees. <laughs> And she's like, I like the Mets. And he's like, oh, I have so much to learn. <laughs> <laughs> right, I remember, I reckon she generally just goes like, right, I'll get you a recording soon, but you've got to, you've got to win a big arm wrestling contest. And that, he is just like, yeah, whatever, I'll do it. Like that. Yeah, exactly. And maybe she's like, maybe, maybe her thing is that she's in debt. Yeah. Right. To some, to some dangerous characters. Yeah. And she doesn't want... Because at the end of the day, probably yeah. they're going to end up as friends or lovers. And also, I don't think that Dolly Parton is signing on to play a villain, right? Mm. Not someone who's wholly irredeemable. No, no. Yeah. She's got to have a redemption arc. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> so maybe we say that she's in debt to the mob, right? <gasps> Matt. Yeah. Can the people who come to get the money off her be Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and they're <laughs> yeah. working for... The big, the big boss, which is Christopher Walken. Oh, I was going to say it's John Goodman. Oh, also, that also works. I think John Goodman's a very good, scary mob boss because he has like very like 
normal everyday man energy. Yeah, well, also he's he, a huge guy. Well, yeah. Oh, maybe we we get fucking D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, well, I was gonna say I think D'Onofrio has done it for everything, right? But then Goodman's good because Goodman has very like I can be real. Well, plan. you don't think about Goodman, right? Yeah, as but, you, but then you see him in movies when he's yelling. Yeah, oh, he's scary as fuck. But that's and he's mean. a scary guy. But that's why I think you could you could have like a scenes where like him and Sylvester Stallone are becoming friends, and Sylvester's like. Oh, no, I don't want to do it anymore, boss. I just want to sing. And then you have Goodman turn around and be like, you don't want to do it anymore. You don't want to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, well, if you don't do it, I don't know the fuck is going to do it. Like, you know, that kind of way. I'd have like, yeah, because so- maybe he gets in too deep. So, yeah. like, maybe Polly Darton introduces John Goodman because he is this like big, friendly guy. Yeah. And he's got a coat and maybe he walks in in a scarf and Sylvester Stallone's like, oh, is he from Broadway? Oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, he is. Let me introduce you. And she goes over and she introduces him to, to John Goodman, whose name is... I, I think genuinely it's 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 Jim Broadman. <laughs> and also and he's like, I am a big broad man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so and he's very avuncular, very uh, you know, friendly to Sly Stallone because maybe Sly Stallone's just won the yeah. arm wrestling. Yeah. And he's gone in and he's defeated the you know, he's defeated this guy with ease, right? He's yeah. just he's walked all over him. Um and he's like, oh, that was, that was kind of fun. Yeah. You know? I reckon at some point you can have John Goodman you know, do the classic, like, oh, I don't know if this guy's good or bad thing, where it happens where uh, Sylvester Stallone says something kind of stupid, and John Goodman goes like he's going to take offense to it, and the music roll cuts out. But then he does a huge laugh and hugs him, and he's like, yeah. where'd you get yeah, this yeah. guy? He's like, I love this guy. <laughs> like, he's a great that, guy. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's like, hey, oh, you're pretty good too, buddy. Like, you know, But like, have that bit where you think Goodman's going to go, what the fuck did you say? But then he just laughs. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it gives you um, that immediate sense where you're off kilter, but you're like, oh, I don't know about this guy. Like, he's, There's something not all good about this jim broadman fella (laughs) exactly and you see like the silent communication between polly and jim oh while stallone's hugging him he just looks up to dolly parton and does the rub his fingers together gesture yeah i'm thinking like because polly goes over and he's like hey keb i want you to meet jim broadman big broadway producer and you can see that like jim broadman's quite confused and you see dolly parton just being like you know doing big eyebrows and like nodding her head like that and jim broadman knows Polly well enough that he's yeah. like, she's running some scam here. I'm just going to go along with it. <laughs> so that's just like, what do you, you work on? And he's like, I made Spider-Man turn out the dark. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is loads like, oh. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, he's not really on board at this point, but he's like, oh, I guess that's still pretty big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe he's just like, well, let's just say, you know, let's just say uh, that a whole lot of actors come to me for a whole lot of different things, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. wing, wing, nudge, nudge. They're all doing drugs that he sells yeah. them. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're all doing illegal gambling and all that sort of stuff. And they all come to Jim. So like, it's not at the end of the day, it's not a bad connection, no. right? He's a bad guy and he will make sliced alone cab driver do bad things. Mm-hmm. But. It's not like he doesn't know people on Broadway. It's oh. not like he couldn't get him an interview with Andrew Lloyd Webber if he wanted to, right? And that's where, maybe that's where sort of when it's all revealed, when the mm. twist comes and Sliced Stallone, cab driver suddenly realizes, oh shit, I've been p- being played for a fool. I've been working for the mob this whole time. And now I'm in too deep. And Jim, you know, maybe flies off the handle at him and he's like, you know, if you ever want to see your family again, you'll fucking keep working for me. If you ever want to, you know, if you ever want to be able to see another cab again, if you ever want to see those big yellow bonnets going down the street, because I'll take your fucking eyes, you piece of shit. And then he's like, <laughs> but don't worry, you know, pats him on the shoulder. And he's like, but don't worry. If you do good for me, I'll do good for you. I'll get you in good with the Broadway guys. They all owe me favors. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like this sort of, and he's like, oh Christ, I don't want to be doing this kind of life, but also... You know, I've got the carrot and the stick here. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to be. I don't want him to blind me. And also, I really want to meet Andrew Lloyd Webber, and he can make that happen. Can, so he's torn. Can I add two things I'd like to suggest in here? And I'm happy to take or leave either of them. Maybe Jim Broadman's big ultimate plan is he knows eventually the cops are gonna 
infiltrate the illegal gambling on the illegal arm wrestling ring, right? Yeah. And the reason and the reason he's so obsessed with Cobb is not that he's not just a great like wrestler because he's so jack jacked, but he's like. You know, he's a random European immigrant just turned up. He's the perfect fall guy. We can make he everyone is the think perfect he's, he's organized it. But I think also, this is a, a slight character thing. I think maybe he was so obsessed with trying to become a famous American celebrity that he tried his hand at everything. And maybe he's also quite good at, like, real shit street magic. And I think it's real funny at some point for every now and then when they're doing stuff for cab to driver just to pull out, like, a random tissue out of his sleeve just to peel, like, you like, a huge handkerchief. <laughs> just like, to wipe, like just to wipe his nose and things like that and maybe he use it he use it at some point during one of the arm wrestling things to distract the other person then puts his like pins him and he's like gotta keep your eyes on the hands <laughs> like, 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 was this your card yeah but it's in the hand that's wrestling he's like hey one quick question. Mazushka cards just like out of the hand, just squirms his like crumpled up card. <laughs> and then whenever the guy at the end picks the card up, it just says, you lose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So maybe this is how it, this is how it pans out, right? Polly, you know, goes up to Jim at the end of it all, right? And she's like, listen, I've brought you this guy. He's going to, he can make you a lot of money. You know that, right? You recognize the potential here. He can be an enforcer. He can win you a bunch of arm wrestling matches. If you play this right, you can really make bank on this guy. How about we call that debt even? Mm, yeah, good, yeah. And Jim's like, no, 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 Polly Darton. You don't get off that easy. You know, when, when we've made up what you owe me plus interest, mm-hmm. then you can go. But until then, you are cab driver's carer. Yeah, right, yeah. You don't leave his side and you make sure that he doesn't figure out what's going on here. Mm-hmm. and that's how it's going to work. Yeah. And then once he's made me enough money doing arm wrestling and enforcing and being an illegal mob guy, <laughs> yeah. at that point, then you can go. Yeah. Right? But that point is up to me, and until then, you are in- responsible for what happens to him, right? And if he squeals, or if he gets cold feet and he fucks off... Or if he does, you know, that's square one, baby. That's entirely on you. And, you know, that's, that, that's, uh, it's, it's not going to go well for you, Polly Darton. All right? Yeah. And she's like, okay, I, I, I guess. I'm not happy about it, but what am I going to do? You're the big, you're the big boss. Yeah. You're the broad man. Exactly. You are the, <laughs> the big mob boss. Yeah. Um, I like the idea as well of like, because you don't really need to do a lot of this plot now, right? You don't have, not necessarily a montage, but you just have, uh, cabbed beat loads of people at uh, arm wrestling and maybe after like the second one he's a bit hurt afterwards and he's like yo Polly I don't think I could wrestle tomorrow with her like really be like no you, you're wrestling tomorrow kind of thing and yeah, maybe you have yeah, the yeah. first bit of sympathy where he's like alright I'll do it for you Polly Darton my good friend and in the third fight he still wins but you can tell he's in a lot of pain and she's like oh I don't feel good about this do you know what I mean yeah but he still ha- he still has another fight that week and she's like well, maybe just rest up tomorrow because the fight's not till, till Sunday, so you you'll be okay by then. Just rest up, and she goes like the next day to you know check in, etc. Yeah, and and she walks in, and he's literally just sitting on his own, singing like, "Oh no." Well, maybe how it goes is that you see, kind of like you have this montage sequence, or just a few different scenes, right? And it's implied that this happens quite a lot. Yeah. Where you have him fighting at night, doing mm. illegal d- illegal arm wrestling like on top of the Empire State Building or whatever, <laughs> yeah. in various New York locales, yeah. and Bob Hoskins over the top, playing New York, doing the narration, and so that was how it went, you know? And he's doing fighting, and then you see in the daytime... Him and Polly are going, they're going round and he's pointing at taxi cabs and she's like <laughs> nodding and looking, you know, yeah. rolling her eyes yeah. and they're getting a big hoagie and they're going to like, look at all the posters on Broadway and they're going to Sardi's and they're having a sandwich yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're going into a, you know, they, you see him going into all kinds of bodegas and stroking the cats yeah. and Sly Stallone's like, they really don't I'm- have shops like this anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> like, like. The start of it, Polly's a bit sick of him, but maybe she starts to become like not in love with him, but she's like, oh, maybe he is, he is, he just loves being here. 
Maybe yeah. New, maybe New York's not so bad. Maybe I've got the wrong idea. Exactly. And maybe you see them like writing songs together. Yeah. Cab driver shows Polly. He's like, listen, I, you know, I feel like we made a real. I want to show you my screen. I want to show you my script. And he shows her, and you know, maybe they start like writing a little bit. And she. Well, that's what I was gonna say. You can have that be the proper first emotional conversation they have. Where she comes in on the day he's got the day off from fighting while he's recovering like ice in his arm or whatever. But he's, yeah, exactly. He, he's still playing like the ukulele, but he's he's singing nine to five. And he's like, hey, well, I was about to say, he's like, this one? <laughs> he's like, you know, I don't know how long I can carry on doing all of these night works like yeah. wrestling. And, you know, it's um, and she's like, well, it could be worse. Right? You don't have to work as a cabbie anymore, and it's only a couple of hours a night. Some people are working nine to five. Huh. Yeah. What a way to make a living. And <laughs> yeah. Sylvester Stallone's like, wait a minute. <laughs> and then they sit down and they write nine to five as yeah. part of like the musical that he's writing. And that's when they sort of get the idea and it's like, oh, we could be po- we could be partners. Yeah. And she's like, well, I, I mean, I guess I have to because Jim Broadman yeah. is like breathing down my neck, you know? But I like the idea of him being like, nine to five, that's a real good theme for a song. And then he's just sitting there and he's like, I just can't think of how to start it. And then it just cuts to Polly Dart looking in the distance. And it just cuts to like a montage of every day of him getting out of bed and falling because he's in a bunk bed and keeps forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> just getting off the top bed and, just, <laughs> and she's like, why don't you start it? Tumble out of bed. <laughs> And he's like, that's a great idea, that's what I do every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you see, like, she just goes, you you know what they say, you rap what you know, and you just, like, he goes, rap what you know, and it's like, you know, the screen, like, goes wavy, and it cuts to it, yeah, of him, like, he wakes up, he falls out of bed, he, like, stumbles to the kitchen, he opens the fridge, and he's got, like, a cup of, he's got, like, a bottle of Ambition brand orange juice, (laughs) pours himself a cup of it, and then he, like, yawns, stretches out, because... You know, you see him doing like his big stretches because he's got to do arm yeah. wrestling. Jumps in his cab. <laughs> and she's like, this song is a lot more literal than most songs. A lot of them have <laughs> metaphors and similes yeah. in it, but you but just you, literally write like, I, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know what a metaphor is, Miss, Miss Darden. I only Miss learned Darden. English four days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they write nine to five. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, you have the three scenes, four scenes, in fact. You have the scene of him doing the arm wrestling, right? Yeah. And then you have the scene of them in New York looking at the sights. You have the scene of them writing together. And you also have, I think, you have the scene of Jim Broadman, who is actually introducing him to Broadway people. Yeah. Right? And they're having lunch together and he's talking about his script. And people are genuinely interested. Yeah. Right? And they're like, and Jim, but you see Jim Broadman afterwards essentially like threatening these people being like there is no way that you're gonna let this guy produce his script because i need him for my illegal arm wrestling yeah yeah he's just he's just introducing him so he's like whenever they he doesn't get the you know they, they don't read his his screenplay or whatever he's like well they just didn't like you cab there's nothing we could do about it you know I yeah exactly do- but it turns out and maybe what you see is like is you get a kind of montage of this happening over and over again yeah. you know over the weeks over the months and you can see that he's sad about it, cabbed, but he's not. He's never losing hope, and he's like, "Listen, I've got two great people to believe in me. Uh, I'm getting a cut of the money from the illegal arm wrestling. I've got enough to buy bagels, and you know that's all I. At the end of the day, once I'm with two great friends and a bit of an income, and that's all I need to make it to the big time, right? And maybe one day." He comes back into the room, right? Maybe he forgets his coat or something. Maybe he's like, he goes to a meeting with the actors and he's got himself his first, his first floaty scarf. And he's like, <laughs> I feel like a real Broadway guy. But he forgets <laughs> it. And he forgets it in the room and he comes back in as Bob Hoskins is threatening the people. He's like, now remember, no, John, you John, never go. Gonna... John Goodman, not Bob Hoskins. Sorry, it's John Goodman. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and uh, as he's threatening the, the, the Broadway guys and he's like remember you're never going to let this guy produce his films otherwise I'll never sell you drugs in this city again right and they're like okay we never will and then they all turn around and Sylvester Stallone's just there and he's picked up the scarf and the scarf just falls out of his hand <laughs> as his dreams are and he's like John Goodman uh, Biff Broadway or whatever his name was <laughs> Jim Bro- Biff Broadway is better let's stick with Biff Broadway Biff Broadway, what are you doing? How could you betray me in this way? And then Biff Broadway's like, 
you actors get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And they leave. And that's when they have the big scene where he's like, listen, I'm a big mob boss. You're going to keep working for me or else. Right? I like, right, hold on, what about this one, right? So he does that. And he, instead of there being a big fight, Biff Broadway is just like, listen to me, cabbed. You ain't got nothing. You leave this house. Not only will you never get a taxi fare in this city again, every day of your life you're going to have to be watching your back because my people are going to be after you. Yeah, you, you belong yeah, yeah. to me, right? And Cobb just gives up because he's like, everything I ever thought I had, all my talent was all a lie. Everything was yeah. a fit. So well, maybe he goes to Polly Darton, who at this point likes him enough and, and also is looking out for her own skin. And she's like, well, no, no, this is ridiculous. And she still hasn't let on that she's in on it. But she's like, well, listen, I'm sure it's just a misunderstanding. I'll go talk to him. I'll go talk yeah. to him. And she goes and she's like, listen here, Jim, we had a deal, right? We had a deal and I've been keeping track. And we've made you at least double what I owed you. Yeah. So the deal is that I get to go. And I think you should also let him go. And and Biff Broadway's like, are you an idiot? I'm a, the big mob guy. I was never going to carry on with that promise. You're both going to carry on working for me or I'll kill you. Well, I was going to say, what if he's just like, oh, that wasn't the deal. You can go, but he belongs to me. Oh, that's yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Because then she's like... Oh, now I've got to make the choice. Yeah. Am I going to carry on looking out for number one? Or am I actually going to have like a... A redemption arc. Maybe you have that thing where she goes over. Maybe he works like you know, one of those offices that's like above a big open area and it's got like the window and you can see down to like, you know, like a fac- factory kind of thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And she looks out and she can see him and, and he's just like, don't do it, Polly. You've been looking at your freedom forever. This isn't worth it. And he, she's just like, turns around and shakes his hand and walks off. And that's it. And you just don't think you're going to see her again. And then maybe like a, th- a few days later, it's just her, you know, out doing the usual pickpocketing in Broadway or something, right? Yeah. And she overhears something. She's like, what is that? And she cl- climbs up to like, you know, one of the places that people are like practicing or like, you know, like rehearsing. And she opens the door and there's no one in there apart from Andrew Webb Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting on the piano and he's playing nine to five. And she's like, where'd you hear that song? And he's like, you know, what's the darndest thing. Someone passed it on to me, and I have not been able to get it out of my head. Whoever wrote this has some real talent. Yeah, whoever wrote this <laughs> has a future on Broadway. <laughs> yeah, and then she just is like, and as she sighs, you just hear dun 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 dun. And nine to five starts playing, and you get her doing the old classic montage of tooling up for the fight. But it's yeah. Dolly Parton going home. Putting on her nicest knacker chief, low cut shirt, and grabbing a fucking <laughs> load of knives and glocks. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, I, I think I feel like there has to be a scene where what I really like is the bit where she's looking out over New York, right? And maybe you hear like the voice of Bob Hoskins being like, ah, oh, the, the classic New Yorker's dilemma. <laughs> Yeah. or whatever <laughs> this kind of thing's a daily occurrence for people in new york <laughs> they gotta learn they gotta decide whether to cause a bit of hassle or save their friends lives <laughs> yeah and biff broadway goes i know what you're thinking but don't do it you've been looking for your freedom for ages like you said you could go anywhere you could go to la you could go to chicago and uh dolly polly darton turns around and she looks at him and she goes they don't have bodegas in Chicago and just walks <laughs> yeah. out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can tell she's sad, but she goes back and she packs her bags and she's leaving. Mm. And she goes down and she hails a cab and she gets into the cab. And as she does, she sort of looks at the guy and the guy looks a bit like cab driver, right? Yeah. He's got the penis hair from behind. You could mistake yeah, them yeah. for the two. And as she's riding, she sort of has flashbacks to them in a cab, looking at the, a fountain in Central Park, t- walking in Times Square. Yeah, yeah. All the times they've had together, you know, them, her playing a guitar, him on the piano, and then both <laughs> laughing together. And she's like, stop here, driver, stop here. I've got to get out. And, she, and they screech to a halt right in front of broadway yeah and that's when she goes to see and she's like i've got to do my i've got to do my best to get him out of this and that's when she goes to see and and andrew taylor weber but what if it's just like i just having all these dreams she just puts her head in her hands like no i can't i can't think like this and then in the car from outside that's when she hears the piano play nine to five then she's like oh that's very good through the open window she's like driver stop and i just and the driver goes maybe the driver goes hey that's pretty catchy (laughs) he's like driver stop and then she runs off just throws like a dollar back or something 
And he's like, see you, Jolene. <laughs> she just like looks over her shoulder like, I should write that down. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Keeps going. And as she like she's running across five lanes of traffic, horns are blaring, yeah. she's yelling, I'm walking here. Yeah. Uh, all of the cars, and she, yeah, she bursts into Andrew Lloyd Webber's office, played by Anya Taylor Joy, <laughs> yeah. and she goes, "Why are you playing that tune?" And that's when, yeah, that's when that scene happens. Yeah, yeah, that scene happens exactly. And she's like, "I know who wrote it. Fucking stay there, yeah. right? Don't you move. I'm going to be back." And he's like, "Listen, lady, if you can get me the guy who wrote this tune, you best believe I'm going to stay here." Because yeah. that's my, you know, th- this is going to make us so much money together. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so she has to go back and she has to get cabbed. But she has to convince him because he's lost hope. He's finally been broken down by the system, yeah. right? By New York has ground him down like it has so many people before. And Bob Hoskins like, you know, you got to be, and this is why you got to, so most people can't live in New York. You got to be a special breed of poison to live in New York. We're all tough as nails yeah. and we all, you know, we all drink. We've all got coffee for blood and bagels for eyes or whatever. Uh, There's rats eating pizza every corner. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you you gotta, you know, you you gotta be special to live in New York and yeah. and nowhere else is like it. But we love it in New York because it's the best place. And that's when she has to tell Cabbed the truth. I think she goes in, tells Cab the truth, and he doesn't believe it, etc., right? But maybe Jim Broadman is like, I knew eventually this was going to come to an end. That's why I set up Cabbed to look like the patsy, you know, like set him up as to take the fall. And he's yeah. just over like the speaker from his system is just like, Polly, I told you not to come back. I told you what happened. You came back here like that kind of thing. Well, you think he's like bugged and mic'd up the apartment? No, 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 no. Oh, so I was thinking he was he was just like at like the building where the, the arm wrestling happens. Oh, I see. You think he's doing an arm wrestle or something and Dolly pa- Polly Dutton like bursts in. Yeah, that's what I think. I think he has just continued to work for Jim Broadman because he has nothing else. Like he doesn't know anything better. Do you know what I mean? So he's just like a broken vessel where he's like, I'll just do what you say because this is all I've got now. Even though it's not good, but I- I'm never going to do anything else. And Jim Broadman is like angry that he- she's interrupted the-, the arm wrestling. But when she tells him what's happened, maybe the other arm wrestlers are like, Hey, he promised me something. He promised me I could be a big movie star. Someone's like, mm-hmm. he promised me I could release a rap album. And you come to realize that all these people have all been promised by Jim Broadman. So they're going That's to- very good. Yeah. And one of them is. It's Will, Will Smith. <laughs> He's like, he promised me I could release Big Willie time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And- he like over then like the mic because obviously he's like has a, a sound system so because people are here watching the illegal yeah yeah well they're doing the commentary yeah. and so on yeah. and he takes over the commentary he's just like Paul all you had to do was walk away and I knew you were I knew you were too stupid to do it and maybe he hits a button and all the doors lock down yeah do you know what I mean and he goes to walk out and he's like I've alerted the police they're on their way here and everyone then has to like fight their way out do you nice. know like kind of thing but I like the idea that there's a, like just the general like Polly and uh, so that's when they're fighting, you know, through the room. All the other arm wrestlers are kind of helping them take out, like, just like mindless thugs, you know, that kind of way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just eventually, goons. eventually, it gets to, like, just those two and Jim Broadman in a room. And he's like, What are you going to do? He's like, They're going to come here. They're going to blame you. They're going to blame you. Everything's set up to make it look like you did it, cabbed. What if this? They're facing each other. He's in the hallway. It's just him. It's just Biff Broadway between cabbed and polydar and and the exit right to yeah. broadway stardom as it's always been but now it's visually represented yeah. and biff broadway's like he pulls out a gun and he sort of you know points it at them and then he chuckles to himself and he's like you were the best you were the best guy i ever had cabbed why'd you have to throw away a good thing and cabs like I got a dream of my pocket and bagels for eyes. Why can't I say I'm a true New Yorker? (laughs) And he's like, you know what? You are a true New Yorker and I respect that. So here's what we'll do. One last match. Me and you. If you win, then I'll let you go free. If I win, you work for me forever. If I I win, you take the fall. When you go to prison, you're under my employee forever. Yeah, exactly. And he pulls off his shirt and he's got the most fucking jacked arms. Like, we've hired Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) and we've just pasted John Goodman's face onto his body. All right, Matt, can I suggest what happens here? Because I was thinking about this earlier on. I think I have a perfect ending for this, right? The two of them get together, the hands are there, they're gripping the table, and Goodman just goes, 
we're all in this time. We're all in. Every last penny's on this. And, and Cobb's like, I know what I'm doing. And, and Goodman just goes, on three. And Cobb nods. And Goodman just goes, three. And slams his hand down. Immediately just wins. Yeah. And he, and he okay. just starts gripping the hand, like, you know, like, like tighten it. And goes, I always told you I'm always one step ahead. And Cobb's like, and I always told you always watch the heads. And he looks down, and Goodman's hand is handcuffed to the table. Because of all the magic tricks that he's been practicing the whole time. And he's like, I told you magic was cool, you fucking idiot. And he just walks out the door. And Goodman's just there like, you can't do this. Like, just trying to <laughs> wrestle his way off the table. And they just walk out and leave him there. And then the police all come in and be like, yeah, well, maybe no. here's, here's the thing, right? That was the first thing that was kind of beaten out of him, right? Beaten yeah. down by New York. Was that he stopped doing the magic strips. He stopped doing the, is this your card? Yeah. Right? And he, he, so he does the thing where he handcuffs Goodman to the table, and then his parting thing is like, "Is this your card?" And yeah. John Goodman looks at his other hand, and there's loads of incriminating papers <laughs> of, of John Goodman. Yeah, yeah. And, he's, and, it, and he puts them all just slightly out of John Goodman's reach. And John Goodman's screaming, trying to drag the table. Yeah. The table's bolted to the ground, and he's just like trying to reach them. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and the police come in and just see him sitting there, like topless, jacked as anything, chained to a table. And it just as they're like, "My God, what's happening in here?" It just cuts to. Andrew Lloyd Webber about to pack up and go home. Yeah, when Polly and Cabs, they burst through the door and yeah. they're like, here we, I found him, here we go. And Andrew Taylor Webb is like, holy shit, you're going to be a star. Yeah, Let's yeah, go. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, what's the musical about? And Cabs says, well, that's the, you know, that's the funny thing. They say, write what you know. And, you know, the opening thing and you cut to Broadway opening night rhinestone is the name of the musical yeah <laughs> and it's just this movie <laughs> do you know what i thought you were gonna say it was is it gonna say right what you know and you're just gonna have you be like new york concrete chocolate <laughs> 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 i reckon that's just over the credits whenever bob hoskins goes and oh was i that's right i was new york the whole time <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he winks and the stars come out and whenever you watch the musical of rhinestone who's playing polly and sylvester in your head you know, like they do that thing in thor where they have an act like a, a, an actor's playing the story of thor in thor yeah i reckon it's andy samberg and kristen wig <laughs> <laughs> i can oh, no, see, see i was thinking it's it was Lin 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 yeah, yeah. Lin because he Miranda kind of it. like if you put a penis wig on Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, absolutely. And gave him like a muscle yeah, suit. Yeah, 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 You know, he would look like Broadway Stallone. Oh, yeah, but do you know I think it's real good actually about this, right? Is just have the bit of like the, the bit in the musical of the two of them singing the bit where they're going to be Jim Broadman. Yeah. And then they're like, and here he comes down, the door bursts open, and it's just Kermit the Frog, because again, we have to have Muppets in it for, so we can afford all yeah, the cast. Yeah, so we can afford all the yeah. cast. Oh, hey, everyone. Uh, you're going to work for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and, and maybe Polly Darton's part is played by Miss Piggy. Yeah, and then, and then you have um, Bob Hoskins do the outro, as you said. Like, and that's just every day in New York. Crazy things are happening. <laughs> people, yeah, and it pans up to the Empire musicals. State Building. Yeah. And instead of Bob Hoskins' face, it's Bob Hoskins' Muppet. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, and who was I? That's right. It was me, the city. The most famous character in any film about New yeah. York. And then, concrete jungle. <laughs> I was the main character this whole time. And then the Empire State Building takes a big bite of a bagel. <laughs> <laughs> of a New York slice. Yeah. And that's the end of the film. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, you know what we missed? What? Is that there should have been like a taxi cab chase at the end. Oh, yeah. Where the cab gets wrecked, right? Yeah. Well, maybe whenever they're going to the, um, you know, they're going to find Andrew Lloyd Webber, maybe Goodman screams for Harry and Marv to come because we said it was going to be the same. It was going to be Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. So maybe they chase them. There's a little car scene. And they crash into the side of the taxi, but then Stallone gets out and just flips their car because he's fucking enormous. <laughs> yeah, and then they get out and they've got like the birds and the stars going around their head, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, yeah. and then you know one of them's like, "You idiot!" and they bonk the other one on the head, and the other one's like, "Hey, get get off me!" and then they start to have a big scuffle yeah. in the street, <laughs> and then somebody, yeah, somebody yells, "I'm walking here!" and then like the police arrest yeah. them. All right, 
Right, would you like to know the actual plot? Uh, you'll be able to know this is quite short, and I haven't read the plot, right? But I would be willing to bet this is probably genuinely the closest we've got. I would bet that it is, yeah. I don't think it's going to be close, but I think it's going to be close. The closest that we've got before. Yes. Right, okay, here we go. Jake Farris, a down-home country singer stuck in a long-term contract performing at The Rhinestone, a sleazy urban cowboy nightclub in New York City, boasts to the club's manager, Freddie, that she can make anybody into a country sensation, so Jake is Dolly. Right. Insisting that she can turn any normal guy into a country singer in just two weeks. So Freddie accepts Jake's bet, putting up the remainder of Jake's contract. Oh, that is, what the fuck, that is what we did. We've done pretty (laughs) well here so far. If she wins the bet, the contract becomes void. If she loses, another five years will be added. He then ups the ante. If Jake loses, she must also sleep with him. What the what the what? fuck? What the, that really took a wild left turn there. Anyway. Truly. The problem is that Freddie can select the man, and he selects an obnoxious New York cabbie named Nick Martinelli. Nick not only has no musical talent whatsoever, he claims to hate country music worse than liver. <laughs> okay, sure. Realising she is stuck with Nick, she takes him back to her home in Tennessee to teach him how to walk, talk and behave like a real country star. While there, he has to put up with Jake's constant nagging and berating him about his behaviour. The culture shock of not knowing anything about the South and Jake's ex-fiancé, Barnett Kale, who befriends Nick and then turns on him when he realises that he and Jake have developed feelings for one another. It all leads to Nick performing a song at the Rhinestone where the crowd is a crazed group of hacklers and are out for blood. After Nick's first attempt to sing bombs, he turns to the band and says, Okay guys, let's pick up the beat. And the band begins playing the song in a more rock and roll version and he wins the crowd over. At the end, Jake gets her contract back and Nick begins to sing another song, the implication they will continue their budding relationship together. That sounds fine, mostly. Yeah. (laughs) Sure, I'd probably watch it. Yeah. Yeah. That's all uh, I have to Stallone say. Stallone and Dolly Parton are, 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 like, are charismatic people. I'm yeah. sure they make it pretty watchable. Hey, what was the boss called? Freddy? Who's Freddy? It doesn't say. I don't know. Rob Liebman? Ron Liebman? I don't know who that yeah. is. Well, he's in lots of things. Apparently he's in Friends. Huh, oh, okay. He's Ross and Monica's dad from Friends. So I do know. Oh, no, he's not. I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's Rachel's dad from Friends. Okay. Right. Boy. Okay. You remember Friends, the bad show? I mean, barely. Yeah. <laughs> I used to watch uh, it a lot when it was on like Channel 4. Channel 4. Yeah. yeah. In the daytime when I was in university. I don't think that film sounds that bad, but it doesn't have great ratings. But I might actually watch it just out of curiosity to see Sylvester Stallone do a musical. I won't watch it, but it does sound fine. <laughs> Yeah, I think our films sound all right, honestly. Yeah. I think you could flesh out a lot of that stuff and it would be all right. Like, Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's essentially a solid plot. It's just that arm wrestling is a stupid thing to be doing illegally. If yeah. you turn that into just like underground fighting. Yeah, if it was like MMA or something, yeah. Yeah, like bare knuckle boxing or something yeah. in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. That's a fucking, that's a tight movie. Yeah. I'm sure like you could update it like to have more relevant current day Broadway people and like we don't have to have the Home Alone 2 subplot right there. But I mean, yeah, or indeed the Muppets. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, I'd probably watch a film about a guy who wants to be a musician but is forced to be an MMA fighter and is tricked by world-famous musician Dolly Parton. Yeah, absolutely I would. Yeah. If this was made now, Matt, who do you think it would actually be? Because who's, who's a big action guy? Keanu? No, he's... No, this is a young, this is a young guy... Yeah role who, right it would go to i mean it would fucking go to chris pratt wouldn't it let's be honest yeah but i want someone who's a bit more like a like a serious <laughs> action less guy. of a, a less of a cunt and better well, and a, I, a better actor I, I just mean chris pratt's just a he just prats about a lot do you mean like even when he's being serious roles he's still making jokes all the time but i can't think i generally can't think oh it'd be statham yeah statham well even statham is old now man yeah i mean chris pratt's not, i don't know who the fuck would be it would be one of the Marvel cunts, wouldn't it? It would yeah. be... Oh, probably Anthony Mackie would be all right at that. Anthony and Mackie Anth- would do a good job. Yeah. yeah, and Anthony Mackie can sing as well, which would make it good. Anthony Mackie and it would be like Taylor Swift, right? Yeah, which Anthony would, Mackie which- and Taylor Swift would be, would be the update for this. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'd watch it. Yeah, and the bad guy would still be John Goodman. He'd still be terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be... A, that'd be I'm, I'm into that now. I'm, working, I'm going to pitch this to, uh, to Hollywood. Yeah. 
Anthony Mackie and Taylor Swift. You can't see, but we're doing glasses wiggling. But yeah, I think this is good. And well, that's all I think. I've nothing else to say about it. Yeah. Do you think we're getting to a point where we're actually making coherent plots, which is crazy? Only seven episodes in. Yeah, we're finally making movies, baby. Yeah. I'd watch this genuinely. I think, and I probably will watch Ryan's do it also just out of morbid curiosity. Sure. Yeah. I can't imagine it's a particularly long movie. A tight 90, I expect. Yeah. Oh, I'm still, oh, I don't have clothes, Google. Well, never mind. <laughs> I guess we'll <laughs> never know how long it is. I guess not. Well, anyway, let us know if you've watched Rhinestone. I don't feel like this one's a particularly popular film. But if you have watched it, let us know whether you enjoyed it and whether or not you reckon ours sounds better. It's 111 minutes. The budget was $28 million and it made $21 million. <laughs> Wowee, so nobody saw this movie. <laughs> yeah. So you haven't watched this movie, but let us know which, which plot you preferred. And also... Why give us give us an updated casting? If you were going to cast this movie now with one up and coming action star and one very famous country music singer and one bad man who ideally and one bad man ideally is still John Goodman, but you can oh and the crazy here's the four you have to cast right action star country singer one bad man and who voices New York City <laughs> yeah so give us those castings on Twitter at FlickPod69 and have. Instagram. A good time yeah. doing it, you <laughs> yeah. rapscallions. Max, say the thing. Let's get the fuck out of here. Uh, it's a good day to be a bad boy, but it is a great day to be a poster boy. Goodbye, Matthew. Goodbye, Mac, and goodbye to you, dear listeners. Goodbye forever until next week. 